BizQuick podcast hits on the struggles and advantages of being an entrepreneur. It's for anyone who's made the commitment to burn the boats and not look back. Are you a busy entrepreneur or small business owner trying to do it all? Then this podcast is for you. Corey and Julie will take you through the details of building a strong business. Hit the subscribe button and gear up for another episode of BizQuick Podcast. Hey, welcome to BizQuick. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And on today's show, we have no guest. Psych. It's just me and Corey. And we... How was that a psych? Well, because I was like, and on today's show, we have no guest. <laughs> you know, normally we say on today's show and then we say a guest Yeah, name. I know, but there wasn't really a psych out in there. There wasn't. Okay, yeah. I know. I know. Do you feel like the listeners you, are now disappointed? Yes. I'm, I'm pre- <laughs> let's talk about how well you fared on the playground as a child. <laughs> Let's let's make that today's podcast. Okay. I was very popular in school. Okay. <laughs> I feel like you don't believe me. No. <laughs> I usually played alone. <laughs> so for some reason, whenever I went to the monkey bars, I had them all to myself. Everybody scattered. Hey, there's a bonus there. <laughs> yeah. Silver lining. Exactly. Does not play well with others. Yes. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So there's no psych. It's just me and Corey today. And we're actually talking about... The importance of doing discovery before you get to the final sales pitch. Like really understanding what is happening with a prospect's needs when you are a service-based business and you're selling. And it I, looks like you have something really important to say. Well, and I want to say not even the final sales pitch. Like just the importance of discovery before you move forward with a client. Like because you might even not have a sales pitch because you might want to, and this is something that we always preach, Not you, you might want to say, tell them, though I would love to work with you, we wouldn't be a good fit. Here's somebody in our network that might be able to help you yeah. or whatever, or they might just be an awful human being and you just don't want to work with them and you wouldn't recommend anybody. You're like, I, I don't know, your problem's unique. <laughs> have fun later. <laughs> I'll let you know if I see anybody who knows this. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's fair. So not not the final sales pitch. But I guess where I want to go first, Corey, is I want to ask you, because you're not you're not sales. Correct. And I, I'm curious, but you do understand sales, and you understand how to build a proposal, because we've built many. Yes. What are some of the fundamental basic things that you feel like if we don't have this information – it's not even really possible to, there's no point in writing a proposal. Well, let me see. Stop me if I say anything incorrect. I will. We want to know what they do. Mm-hmm. We want to know what problem they're solving or they're having. Mm-hmm. We want to know how we can solve that problem. We want to know uh, about their company, like in terms of the their the size, their resources, like what they have um, at their fingertips, maybe things that they've already tried. Mm-hmm. Uh, to fix the problem. Um, I don't know. What else? Do we, we want to know anything about their budget? Sure. Yep. Do we want to know anything about their customers? Yes. Yeah. I would have included that in their business, but. Oh, yeah, that's true. And you did talk about like how many employees they have. Um, and then the, the financials, right? Not just their budget, but really like understanding. Yeah, without getting into the details, because a lot of people are, um, they're like to hold that kind of close to the chest, especially if they're talking to somebody they haven't signed like an NDA with or something. Sure, sure, right. But at least understanding 
if you can't understand it specifically to their business, helpful to understand it about maybe the industry in general or just be able to do math in general? Yeah. Yeah. But ultimately, I think it's understanding what their problem is and how you can solve it, I think, is like how you fit into that. And and understanding, like really understanding what the problem is. And again, like what they've tried to do to fix that problem. Yeah. So how many... You know, sometimes people, you're in, we, and I'm just going to use the royal we, right, are in such a rush to sign a client. We want that money. We want the revenue. We want to count it that we try and rush the process, right? You Where you don't even really know, is this person a good fit? Sure. And um, funny story. So we just recently signed somebody and, and I put, you can't see this America because my, you can't see anything on this podcast, but that was in air quotes. We didn't, we signed a client. So we have somebody, he wants to work with us. We've worked with him in the past. He's happy with us, trusts us, know us, knows us, all of that. We had a conversation with him and he was like, cool, send me an invoice. We sent him an invoice. He paid it. We had a conversation the next day and we're like, wait, did he sign a contract? (laughs) Whoops. So yeah, we like everybody, including the customer, just rushed into it. It's just like, hey, let's just get this going. Yeah, but he really likes our work. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, but again, it was like everybody, including the customer, like just let's just start selling. Let's just start making money. Everybody, run, run, run. I legit thought the story that you were about to tell was when we had a client signed for one thing, and then signed that client for another thing, and within like the first week or two of working with the client on the other thing, we realized it was such an atrociously bad fit but we were like well we're in it we're in it now and then the client decided I don't think I want to do this and I think he recognized really quickly that it that particular piece of the business was not a good fit yes yeah but regardless like but yeah we had a signed contract but he hadn't paid and he was like you know what we're like you know what Perfect. We are happy to go our separate ways. Right. When he, when he sent the email and said, I don't think I'm going to do this. I was yeah. like, okay, okay. Perfect. thanks. Yeah. Thanks for letting us know. See ya. Yeah. Um, okay. So when you are, when you are doing discovery and sometimes we do discovery calls together. Sometimes I take the discovery por- portion of it. There's usually a point though, before we sign a client, you are involved in the process. Mm-hmm. What is the part of the process to you that is the most is there any part of the sales process, discovery, anything that is uncomfortable, where you get uncomfortable, where you're like, I hate this? Not uncomfortable, no. There are parts where I'm like, I hate this. Yeah, like what? Tell me. Well, it's just like, it. I, I just want to get to work. Like the, the little dance that happens prior to signing and then like knowing that it's just like, it's like just the little things where I'm just like, can we just speed this up? I, I don't know. I'm I'm the type of person where I don't I don't have to like get sold on things. Like I'm like, oh, let me think about this and let's have another call. It's like I know pretty much right away like whether or not I want something. Yes. And and so like the the dance, the sales dance that happens prior to actually closing is just like frustrating to me. It's like what is like we were on a call recently and it went over about forty minutes. So what was which is one of my biggest pet peeves. If you have a 60 minute call, it ends at 60 minutes. Yeah. But it was a sales call and we were on there for a total of a hundred minutes, which was awful. And it was just like droning on and on. And both you and I knew probably like 30 to 40 minutes into it, that this was not a, like we weren't going to close this deal. 
Right. But it just kept going, going. I'm like, there is no reason for us to continue talking right now. Can we just all say what we're, what's on our minds? This isn't a good fit. And then just we could all have another, like, we could all have 40 minutes back. Right, right. But what's interesting about that particular sales call is I don't think everybody on the call recognized that it wasn't a good fit. Yes. Which made it really awkward. Because um, we, like, and we don't really sell. We're not hardcore sellers, right? We're... You know, let's build a relationship. How can we make this work? How we're going to demonstrate? How can we, how can we, credibly show you that we know what we're doing and that we deliver value without having to use the words "I deliver value." Yes, <laughs> right. And um, just see, like, do you like me? Do I like you? It's just this weird dance, right? Yeah, and there's, I mean, there's some follow up and some due diligence that you'll want to do. So. If you're, you know, you, you think you like the person, you think that whatever they're offering is is of value to you, you might want to do something like, hey, let me check some references. Let me do, you know, you, you might not ready to be, per- like, you might not be ready to purchase at that minute, but you know in the back of your head, like, if this is going to be a yay or a nay. Yeah. And you're doing no favors as a potential client trying to, like, be like, well, you know, I'm just going to keep talking, like, <laughs> like, I remember, and I should have just cut her off, but like years and years ago, I was interviewing this person uh, for a job in the coffee shop where uh, that I owned, and she came in. She was unprepared. She was not like not interested in the job at all, and so sat down and kind of just did the the basic questions you do of, hey, you know, tell me about your experience, whatever, and then it was just kind of like within like five to six minutes, I was like, this is not going to you know, in my mind, I'm like, I'm definitely not hiring her. But, you know, I'm just like, all right, well, you know, let me just give you uh, the benefit of the doubt here. I didn't say that out loud. And you know, are there any questions for me? And she literally just started looking around the restaurant and was like, oh, <laughs> can you tell me about that thing over there? And I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> How long did you let that go on? Uh, like another like five minutes. I was like, I, yeah, I'm, I'm done here. Yeah. Um, Why did she even schedule the interview? Do you I suppose I have no idea, but yeah, it was that that was ridiculous. But again, it was one of those things like, like on a like you're doing no like as a potential client, you're doing nobody a favor by like letting just end it. If you don't, if you're not interested, just end it. Yeah, like it. It's like I don't know. Like if you see, it, it's like any relationship, and you see like the 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 creepy guy at the bar who's like hitting on some girl and like everybody in the bar can tell that she's not interested, but he's like, I'm going to keep talking to her. It's like, nah, dude, like just, just cut, like just go, go like cut ties and just, you know, save, save some face here. Save some face. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, because we, we view sales, you know, as relationships, right. Our, our clients, we're, that's a relationship that we're building. So it is a little bit, that particular call that you're talking about that went over by 40 minutes. And honestly, it felt like it went over by like two hours. It was really brutal to get through it. Um, that, in that instance, we we were we were brought in by somebody else to partner with them, right? Which was great. Um and so we really couldn't say anything like, okay, this clearly isn't going to work out because we didn't want to damage that relationship that the person who brought us in had already established, right? So I don't, so we just kind of, as I like to say, we hung back in the cut and just listened and answered questions and whatnot. But there was, I think I left that, and this is what I really want to get into after the break. 
I left that particular sales call feeling as weird as it sounds, because I know we're not going to get that business, I don't think. We're not going to get that business. I left that call feeling really confident. And I'll tell you why right after the break. With so many things competing for our attention these days, efficiently acquiring and retaining customers is critical for small businesses. And that's why we launched Certivium, the newest business from the SB Pace team. Certivium is a business created specifically for entrepreneurs who need a hand with customer service, customer engagement, and social media management. We are an affordable option that any small business looking to grow needs to help maintain the most important part of their business, their customers. Find out if Certivium is right for your business at certivium.com. All right, welcome back to the show. You still just got me and Corey. Perfect. And Julie left us with a little cliffhanger there. I did. Yeah, so did. why did you leave that sales call, that that terrible sales call, with more confidence? Well, one, it to me, we demonstrated to um, some other people in our network, so the person who brought us in, um, and to that client that we really, really do know what we're talking about. We were, um, our presentation was very good. We were sharp. We gave all the right information. I don't think we gave over information. We provided, we did, you did it. I did not do it. You did a um, mini competitive analysis to show them, you know, some, how, how they were faring against their competitors in some ways. And then we also did an audit of their website. You did an audit. I want to make sure we're giving credit to everybody. Oh, here. Okay, okay, fine. I did the audit or of the we website. Just say we. We, yeah, we, we did a competitive analysis and we did a website audit. Perfect. And, but we weren't trying to sell them anything for their website. It was just literally, here are 13 things that you could switch on your website that are very simple that could improve the customer experience. And we also were able to really, to answer every question they had for us about how we deliver how we would actually measure what we were doing, why what we were um, recommending to them was important, why they needed it. I also felt like I did a really good job on the, and and you did a good job too. So this is not me saying you didn't do a good job. This is me just because I'm the one who's normally focused on sales, right? I felt like I did an exceptional job of, letting them know that there was an opportunity there to work with us, but that when they were ready to go at, that they could reach out, but that we weren't going to pressure them um, and kind of talk through how we could help them and ask them a lot of really sharp questions to help them kind of figure out what they wanted to do and didn't really apply. We built a relationship, showed our knowledge and didn't apply unnecessary pressure to try and get them to do something they didn't want to do. Sure. And and we've like when it comes to sales calls and those that I get dragged into when I say dragged because I do not really want to be there. But you anyway, want, do you want me to not include you? Oh, anymore? my God. Did I say that? No, but I no, I didn't say that. I'm trying to be. Did a- I, yep. Did I say that? Nope. Anyway, moving on. You heard that audience. America. Yeah. He said dragged into. Yes. Dragged into these sales calls. But. You and I both have like our our roles in the sales call. You, I make the sandwiches. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I've yet to get one, but <laughs> um, 
you you lead the call, you do the selling, you're mm-hmm. the one who's really building that relationship, and I like to sit there and just answer questions as needed and provide information as needed, and it works out well because mm-hmm. there's no stepping on toes, there's no like fighting for the word, you know, whoever, like I get the last word or whatever. It's just like, frankly, if I didn't have to say anything, it'd be great, but, um, be super creepy. creepy. Um, but yeah, the, it, 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 but it works out because we've done this enough that we can, we can just have those conversations and, and not feel like somebody's getting slighted or, uh, overlooked like there, there's no ego in that. Like for me, like if again, like if I don't say a word and we make a sale, it's not like I'm not gonna like mope about it. And be like, cool, we made a sale. Exactly. I was just gonna say we're also really good at using the word we. Yes. There's no I when we're doing sales. Correct. Yeah, unless we're saying I am the salesperson. Yes, <laughs> Julie is the salesperson. <laughs> yeah. I'm the brains of the operation. That is true. That is true. But I make a really good sandwich. Yet to get one. <laughs> so anyway, that, you know, and why why we're having this conversation is because there was, a, we were brought in, and as we said, on this particular opportunity, and there was, our process is so different from the person who brought us in that due diligence that we would normally do questions that normally would get asked as part of the discovery process didn't get asked because this person didn't know what kind of questions we would ask, right? The, the partner who brought us in, he knew what kind of questions he would ask for the services he was selling. Yes, but you've got a thought there. I can well, see it. Yeah. But there, that wasn't even completed, really. Like, when it goes back to, like, understanding what your customer does, like, the last thing that you want to do is go into a situation and try and sell them something that they already have. And that's kind of what happened. And it was like, oh, that would have been good to know <laughs> prior to this phone call. There were a couple of aha moments last yes. night on that call. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there and, were. You know, across the board. And that's, you know, I, th- I think that there was... a. Uh, and, and with that, with a lot of the people who we've worked with, include you know, partners in our network and even clients, there's a this desire to try and to be like put off this like you're better than you are. Like you're you're trying mm. to like you're trying to I'm I don't I'm at a loss for words right now, but you're 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 you're, you're portraying that you have this expertise or these skills or this this big back office, like monstrous, like support system that doesn't exist. So there's yeah. a lot of ways. And actually we just recently wrote a blog on this. What's the difference between fake it till you make it and a flat out lie. Yeah. Right. Which falls, I think into the very, in a very similar way to what we're talking about right here. Exactly. Because you, you, ha- you don't want to come across as a loser because nobody wants to work with a loser, mm-hmm. but you also need to be able to back up the, the presence that you're bringing to the table. And um, one of the things that we, we, an issue that we run into often with startups and new businesses and all that, everybody wants to give themselves a lofty title. They want to be a CEO. They want a C-level. I'm going to be the, like, there's nothing 
that's like a bigger turnoff, I think, to companies is when you meet the CEO and find out that they're the only person in the business. Well, of course you're the CEO. You're every fucking you're position. You're also the janitor. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and the administrative assistant. Yes, you're everything in your business. And and people think that it's going to give them some sort of leg up on you know, the competition or they're going to be able to get a foot in the door with a bank or, or an investor. But in, like realistically speaking, you just look like an idiot that just gave yourself a big title. Right, yeah. right, yeah. So, and we don't, I mean, we say partner or co-founder all the time at SBPs. Yes. Right? That's because you won't, you won't let us have titles. Because we don't need titles. We don't need titles. Yeah. We, we came up with some, some fun titles a while ago. I can't Ruler remember of they, the world. No, it was like, uh, I can't remember what they were, but they were fun titles. But yeah. it was, it, and they were ambiguous enough that there was like, no, we don't know who's actually in charge. Cause. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, and it, you know, that's, that's a really, that's a good point. But so along those same lines, what about people who, and I, I recently made a post on social media about this. Um, what about people who make claims that aren't true? So let me just throw this at you. I'm going to tell, I'm going to put in our Instagram bio that we are a that we build seven figure businesses and that we are an eight figure business that would be a lie that would be a big fat lie yes. right yes some might even say a big fat fucking lie sure <laughs> right so let's say that i can i can i can pull that off like that lie i can do it straight faced because I'm on the phone and so nobody can see my exactly. face. <laughs> and I can speak to it as if it's the truth. And then I, we sign somebody. And then they realize there's no way that's true. Like, the everybody loses when that happens, right? It's, yeah, do we have the desire to be a seven-figure business or an eight-figure business and build seven-figure businesses? 100%. Will we get there? Most likely. I would bet on us that we will. But we're not there right now, and there's right-sized clients. So why do why feel the need to pretend to be something that you aren't, to portray something that you aren't, when it ought, to me that means that all these clients or prospects that are the right size for you right now that could pay you genuine money, Maybe it's not, you know, a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollars, but they can pay you thirty thousand dollars. You're overlooking them to try to get something that you're actually not even qualified to get. And you're destroying your reputation and quite possibly someone else's business in the process. Exactly. I I was trying to figure out in that blog that we had the other day, um, how to explain like the different the difference between like exaggerating and lying and the mm -hmm. only like, and I was trying to like think of a good analogy and I couldn't put it into the correct words mm -hmm. in a short enough, you know, into a blog or whatever. But the, like the idea is that if you tell your, your wife, you're going to go fishing and you come back and you tell her that you caught a dozen fish and they were all this big and you really only caught like three or four fish and they were like nothing to like, brag about that's a lie that's a lie but it's an exaggeration, it's an exaggeration. like you know like oh it's this big i caught you know we were just slaying them all day long but instead if you tell your wife you're gonna go fishing and instead you go to the strip club with your buddies um and 
you know, get a couple of lap dances and, still, you know. Still kind of an exaggeration. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one could make, I could use some really crude terms and explain how it's an exaggeration, but. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but, you know, and then you come back and, you know, it, it, it that's the difference there. It's like, you, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a, the whatever, I'm, I'm a top rated marketing coach in the, you know, the Richmond, greater Richmond area. I'm the top rated, you know, a top rated or whatever, like. Yeah, that's an exaggeration. Can I help you with marketing? Sure. Am I really a top rated one? No. Is there a rating system for marketing coaches in Richmond? Probably not. So, you know, there's right. there's all those things that you need to think about there. But if I told you that I can uh, build you a new uh, CRM from scratch within, you know, three months for $1.5 million, you know, and it's going to do everything that you want to do, that's a flat out lie. Flat out lie. Yeah. Yeah. But why do you suppose, What what is the motivation for people doing that? Money. For, money. Do you think it's money. money? Oh, see, I don't think it's money. I don't think, well, I think, I think money could be the motivation for some people. I actually think it's more to do with um, thinking that there's something wrong with just starting. With being new, well, th- I mean, there's a there's a pride, there's an ego factor in there. You don't want to say that, oh, I'm brand new, or I've only ever worked with three clients prior to you. But the the fact of the matter is that also like relates to money because nobody wants to work with somebody who's inexperienced, who doesn't have the 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 experience to to suit their needs and so you have to well you know yeah you know i've worked with dozens of people just like you granted only two of them were clients with my small business the other 24 were (laughs) co-workers (laughs) co-workers or uh people uh, people sitting at starbucks with me as i typed away on my computer i was working with them that's a flat out lie or is that an exaggeration that's both i think but (laughs) it's you know it, it or coworkers or previous clients that I've had, but working for another company. Yeah. So it's not, it wasn't me managing the business, but I was still working for like, so there's all sorts of different ways, but, uh, but yeah, I think that, I think that I'm working with dozens of people just like you and it's you sitting in a coffee shop. That's a flat out lie in my I, opinion. I, I agree. I just, it just feels like there's, and maybe I blame social media a little bit, Corey. I really do. Right. Cause uh, you know, everybody looks successful on social media. Everybody. So why, I don't want to be just starting out or a failure or I don't, I don't want to be the person who only has $5 in my checking account because everybody else in my network is worth, you know, 3 million. So I'm going to lie a little bit so that I can I'm gonna make myself sound better. I've always wondered about that with social media because we think that everybody on social media they try, they, they do everything they can to make themselves look better than they are. Sure. Highlight reels. Yeah. They put on the Instagram filters and they only publish the, the highlight reels, like you say, but then there's so many videos out there that are of people just doing like the dumbest shit. And it's clearly them who posted that video online. And I'm like, why would you post that? And I'm like, but thinking back on it, good for you. Like I, I saw this, I mean, just this dumb video, this girl was like trying to show off her boots she went to put her foot up on a counter and it got caught on like the cupboard door and it like swung open and she fell over and like hit her head. And it was just like her phone. Like she was just 
taking a video of herself doing this. And I'm like, why would you post that online? But then I'm like, well, good for you. Well, you because that video went viral and she got all kinds of followers. Probably. That's why. Probably, but still. <laughs> so it was still, the end result was still the same for what they were going for. But. but it, and don't you even, do you, do you not kind of wonder a little bit if it was actually staged? I mean, you have to think that, but like. There are enough internet sleuths out there that they would, I don't think it would get to the point where people are like, oh, that's fake. Like, it, it, it looked real enough that it was clearly a mistake. Mm. I don't think an internet sleuth could know if a video was. I don't know. The, the internet's pretty good at sleuthing stuff out. They really are. The internet just, the internet knows everything. The internet Correct. always wins. I don't know about that, but the internet knows everything. My favorite. Um, which I'm not even going to get into, but it was like the, the whole, um, I know where you're going. I thing with Shia LaBeouf and, yeah. and, uh, Is it LaBeouf or LaBeouf? LaBeouf, I don't know. LaBeouf. But the, the world's largest game of capture the flag, and you can look that up there, America, but there were a bunch of people on the internet who basically were able to track down using like some pretty impressive methods. All of these, like they were able to track down where Shia LaBeouf was putting these, this flag that he was. Um, putting literally all around the world. They're using like flight patterns and constellations and uh, image searches on like all sorts of crazy stuff. It was interesting. So the internet can find out anything. You know what the internet also just found out? What's that? Um, so like one of the most wanted mob bosses in the history of the world um, just got, he was evading police for 20 years. Oh, I saw this. He just got caught because of. Google Maps or Google the street Google image. Earth, Google Street or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. Caught him because of a scar on his face or something. Yeah. He was he, at a fruit stand buying fruit. Yeah, yeah. He was just like out like shopping and. He's in Spain. Yeah. yeah. Crazy yeah. story. Yes. Anyway, uh, we got way off topic there at the end, but that was fun. That was a fun conversation. So. That you know. was a fun conversation. Are we, are we done? Yeah. I think we need to start wrapping it up here. Oh, um, okay. I still had more to say, but. You're well, the boss. We're, you know, I'm the producer. All right, the executive <laughs> producer. And does that make me the senior executive producer? Oh, well, I'm the I'm the only producer. So okay. I'm the entire production. I'm crew. the sound engineer. I'm the entire production crew. <laughs> I do editing. Okay. No, you don't. <laughs> you can see that look. You should have seen the look he just gave me when I said I do editing. Okay, I listen to the edited version. There you go. <laughs> I'm the only one who listens to it. Yes, I listen to it. Well, kind of, but anyway. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this was a fun conversation. So I guess what we learned here today is do discovery and stop faking shit. Yeah, stop lying, America. Yeah, America, stop lying. All right. Corey, thanks for being a great co-host today. Thanks for being a great co-host, Julie. Yeah, you were amazing. Thanks to our listeners for tuning in. We love you. And everything you need to know about us is in the show notes. And if you want to work with us, if you want some of the free content that we have out there, and if you want to connect with us on social, head on over to our website, sbpace.com. Everything you need to know is on our website. What's that website again? sbpace.com. Love it. We have a podcast. You know that because you're listening to it right now. That's not how this line goes. But if you would be so kind as to download it, subscribe, rate, and give us a review, or, you know, give us five stars, but tell us how we can get better. Like, tell us the thing we suck at the most. Like, what do you hate the most about Corey and what do you hate the most about me? Don't let it be my laugh because I'm trying to fix it, but it's really hard, guys. Um, if you want to know any, if you, there's any topics you want us to talk about, then go to our website, sbpace.com, and let us know. 
Don't forget to purchase our book, Seriously Now, What a Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. It is a number one Amazon bestseller. There's a free workbook download on the website. And if you've already purchased the book, please go out there, rate, and review it. You know what? I forgot to tell them about our radio show. Oh, well, why don't you tell them about it then? We have a radio show. It's called Defeat the Chaos. It's on the Voice America Business Channel. It's a live international show. We thought it was just national. We recently found out it's international. What's up, Belgium? Exactly. Hey, hey. And Japan. I think Japan likes us, too. We're, yeah. we're a big deal in Japan, you guys. So you can listen to that Thursday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern. Like I said, Voice America Business Channel, and it is awesome. I'm Julie. And I'm Corey. And this was BizQuick, helping small business owners do all the things. <laughs>